0: Sharma, Sharma, Sharma Shalom, Shalom Bokertov. Good morning to all of you. This is the Radio Rabbi program. I am your radio rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Ayello, and thank you so much for joining us today. We have listeners from all over the place. Brand new listener from Croatia. Hello. Hello, Leanne. It's so nice to have you with us. We have listeners throughout Europe, Australia, Canada, of course, the Tampa Bay area as well, other parts of the U.S. And even a family in Singapore, so we've got lots of listeners, and this, and so we say boker tov to all of you, which is Hebrew for good day or good morning. We use it for good morning mostly. And of course, we like to say hello to all of our Christian friends coming back from the early service or on your way to church. We appreciate you because you are supporters of Israel, and heaven knows we. Uh, that's one of the reasons why, from time to time. We feature good news, Israel, and we appreciate your support. We appreciate your talking about the good that Israel does to your friends and family. So very, very important. And we'd like to say good morning to the rock of the Radio Rabbi Show. And that would be our producer, Mr. Bill. Hello, Mr. Bill.
1: Your nicknames for me are making me blush more and more each week.
0: (laughs) You are a rock. As a matter of fact, I thought of rock today because we're going to have a little rock and roll coming up here in just a moment. Sounds good. Thank you thank you for all you do to make sure that our program comes through all over the world loud and clear and hello and Bokar Tov and Todarabah, which is Hebrew for a thank you very much to our brand new sponsor the Sarasota Watch Company and we'll tell you a little bit more about that wonderful company later on in the program today is August 5th 2018 on the Hebrew calendar it's the 24th day in the Hebrew month of Av in the year 5700 and and this week's Torah portion coming up, uh, you can read today you can read tomorrow, Monday, Thursday are the traditional Torah reading days but you can read any day of the week and it is Rea, Rea is the Torah portion for this week in two weeks time I will be broadcasting to you not from Italy but from Rhodes Greece, a special program Uh, we're starting there at Greece's oldest synagogue and I'm going to tell you a lot more about this wonderful place. We have a special dedication today as well. Today's Radio Rabbi program is dedicated to the 70th, that's 7-0, the 70th anniversary of two special people, Claire and Dave, affectionately known as Graham and Poppy, who last week celebrated the 70th anniversary of their teenage marriage. Now, their grandchildren, Brett and Ashley, surprised them with the famous rock song, And as Brett said, Rabbi Barber, maybe you can find a Jewish connection to this Chuck Berry hit, and indeed I did. The song, which is coming right up, was inspired by a Hungarian Jewish immigrant, his name Mitchell Toroch, and he wrote a song called Caribbean. Chuck Berry wrote the rock and roll song. It was a teenage wedding dedicated today to Graham and to Poppy, who were married 70 years ago when Poppy was 19 and Graham was 17, inspired by a Jewish composer who knew Teenage Wedding with Chuck Berry It was a teenage That was Chuck. Barry. How about that? Right here on the Radio Rabbi program. It was a teenage wedding and a song inspired by Mitchell Torok, a Hungarian Jewish immigrant who wrote a song called Caribbean. Chuck Berry." from that was inspired to write it was a teenage wedding dedicated to Graham and Poppy, married 70 years ago when they were teenagers. Program dedicated today to them by their grandchildren, Brett and Ashley. Well, we'll be right back.
1: For over 25 years, Sarasota Watch Company has provided discerning customers the expertise and professionalism they expect when it comes to luxury timepieces and fine jewelry. Sarasota Watch Company carries only the best, including Rolex, Patek Philippe, Cartier, and Tag Heuer. An expert certified watchmaker is on hand to complete all repairs and maintenance. Everything from band adjustments and battery replacement to repair and pressurization of dive watches on site. Sarasota Watch Company offers Rolex service in-house for only $350. Only $350 and no sending your Rolex to some factory across the country. In addition, clients are always pleased with Sarasota Watch Company's exclusive selection of the finest rare diamond jewelry. Sarasota Watch Company pays top dollar for luxury watches and jewelry, affording you unparalleled opportunities to find rare, one of a kind pieces on display. Call Sarasota Watch Company today, 953 1315. 953 1315. Sarasota Watch Company, across from Trader Joe's in Sarasota.
0: And welcome back. This is your Radio Rabbi program Rabbi Barbara Ayello, And today, well I didn't tell you what we're going to talk about today I guess I'm keeping it as a surprise We're going to talk about The difference between two Cultural groups Ashkenazi and and Sephardic Jews And the explanation comes From Tracy Rich Who writes often about uh, Jewish culture and we appreciate Her sharing this particular Topic with us She writes that there are several subgroups of Jews with different cultures and different traditions. Ashkenazic are descendants of Jews from France, Germany, and all of Eastern Europe, while Sephardic Jews are descendants of the Jews from Spain, Portugal, Italy, North Africa, and the Middle East. There's another group, the Mizrahi Jews, descendants of Jews from North Africa and the Middle East. And there are Italian Jews who say that they have a unique cultural group called Italkit. Well, that could be true. True as well. I've done some reading about that and I agree. Other subgroups are the Yemenite, the Ethiopian, and the Oriental Jews. But let's begin by saying that first and foremost, we are all Jews and we share the same basic beliefs. But there are some variations in culture and practice, best seen through the eyes of the Ashkenazic and Sephardic Jews who represent these two distinct subcultures of Judaism. Nobody really knows when the split began, but it has existed for more than a 1,000 years. So the first question we can ask is, the one maybe that's most obvious, especially for North American Jews, who are Ashkenazic Jews? Well, Ashkenazic Jews are the Jews of France, Germany, and Eastern Europe and their descendants. The adjective Ashkenazic uh, Uh, And the corresponding nouns, Ashkenazi, singular, and Ashkenazim, plural, are derived from the Hebrew word Ashkenaz, which was the Hebrew word used to refer to Germany. Most American Jews today are Ashkenazim, descended from Jews who emigrated from Germany and Eastern Europe from the mid-1800s to the early 1900s. Well... Then who are the Sephardic Jews? Well, the Sephardic Jews, as we said, are the Jews of Spain, Portugal, Italy, North Africa, and the Middle East, and their descendants. Let's talk about these words, the adjective Sephardic, corresponding noun Sephardi, singular, and you probably figured out the plural, right, Sephardim, are derived from the Hebrew word Sepharad, which means Spain. Sephardic Jews are often subdivided into Sephardim, as we said, from all over the world, and Mitzrahim from North Africa and the Middle East. The word Mizraki comes from the Hebrew word for Eastern. There is much overlap between the Sephardim and the Mitzrahim, and until the 1400s, the Iberian Peninsula, North Africa, and the Middle East were all controlled by Muslims who generally allowed Jews to move, th- move freely throughout the region. It was under this relatively benevolent rule that Sephardic Judaism developed. When the Jews were expelled from Spain, and we know what year that was, 1492, many of them were absorbed into existing Mizrahi communities in North Africa and the Middle East. Now, most of the early Jewish settlers to North America were, now this may be surprising to some, they were Sephardic. The first Jewish congregation in North America, Sharit Israel, founded in what is now New York in 1684, was Sephardic, and that congregation is still active. Philadelphia's first Jewish congregation, Congregation Mikveh Israel, was founded in 1740, also a Sephardic congregation, and it too is still offering services and community events. What's going on in Israel? Well, a little more than half of all Jews are Mizrahim, descended from Jews who have been in the land since ancient times, or who were forced out of Arab countries after Israel was founded in 1948. Most of the rest are Ashkenazi descendants from Jews who came to the Holy Land that, were then, that, that was then controlled by the Ottoman Turks instead of the United States in the late 1800s, or from Holocaust survivors or from other immigrants who came at various other times. About 1% of the Israeli population are the black Ethiopian Jews who fled during the brutal Ethiopian famine in the late 1980s and the early 1900s. So, what's the difference between Sephardic and Ashkenazic? Well, the beliefs of Sephardic Judaism are basically in accord with those of traditional Judaism. Those Sephardic interpretations of Halakha, which is Jewish law, are somewhat different from Ashkenazi interpretations. The best known of these differences relates to the holiday of Passover of Pesach, where Sephardic Jews may eat rice, corn, Nuts and beans during this holiday while Ashkenazic Jews avoid them. Although some individuals, Sephardic Jews, are less observant than others, and some individuals do not agree with all of the beliefs of traditional Judaism, there is no formal organized differentiation into movements as there is in Ashkenazi Judaism. In other words, we know in uh, in Ashkenazi Judaism there is reform and orthodox and conservative, uh, humanistic, etc. And uh, in uh, Sephardic Judaism, there are no differentiations or denominations. Historically, Sephardic Jews have been more integrated into the local non-Jewish culture than have Ashkenazi Jews. In the Christian lands where Ashkenazi Judaism flourished, the tension between Christians and Jews was often great. And Jews tended to be isolated from their non-Jewish neighbors either voluntarily or uh, or involuntarily. In the Islamic lands where Sephardic Judaism developed, there was less segregation, less oppression. Sephardic Jew, Jewish thought and culture was strongly influenced by Arab, Arabic and Greek philosophy and science. Our synagogue here in Italy is Sephardic, and of course, in southern Italy, it was once a part of Magna Graecia, Greater Greece, and so that strong Greek influence exists for us as well. Sephardic prayer services are a little bit different from Ashkenazim ones. For example, on Saturday morning, we start with Adon Alam, the song Adon Alam, and Sephardim use different melodies in their services as well. Sephardic Jews also have different holiday customs, different traditional foods. For example, both Ashkenazim and Sephardim celebrate Hanukkah by eating fried foods, to remember the miracle of the oil. But the Ashkenazim eat latkes, potato pancakes, while we, the Sephardi, eat zafkaniot, jelly donuts. The Yiddish language, which many people think of as the international language of Judaism, is really the language of Ashkenazi Jews. Sephardic Jews have their own international language called Ladino, which was based on Spanish, and Hebrew in the same way that Yiddish was based on German and Hebrew. And we'll listen to a piece of uh, uh, Legitino music later on in our program. As I said, I will be visiting a Sephardic community in Greece. So let's talk a little bit about the Greek Jewish community, which is relatively small, with 3,000 Jews in Athens, 2000 in Larissa, 700 in Thessaloniki, and several smaller communities and islands such as Rhodes, where I will be, and the island of Crete. But from as early as 540 BCE until the Holocaust, Greece was a large and important center of Jewish life, with a reputation for being both cosmopolitan and devout. That makes sense, given its diverse populations, which includes three important groups. Romaniot Jews, who have been in Greece for 2,000 years Sephardim who arrived after the expulsion from Spain in 1492 and Ashkenazim who uh, were arriving in waves from the 9th century on Greek culture has historically been multi-ethnic and open and so its Jewish culture followed suit These are the words of Rabbi Negrin, who serves the Athens community, but just last week officiated at a Holocaust commemoration in Rhodes. Rabbi Negrin adds that Greek philosophy was traditionally studied by local Jews, which brought a a liberal religion approach to traditional Orthodox elements. In the 1600s, Thessaloniki, also known as Salonika, became one of the largest Jewish communities in the world, and it was known. Known as Ivrim Be'Yisrael, Metro, Metropolis and Mother of Israel. Well, by 1900, there were about 90,000 Jews, more than half of the town's population, with numerous synagogues, Jewish schools, and communal institutions. But Rabbi Negrin goes on to say, today when I tell people I am a Jew from Greece, they look at me as exotic, and that's so wrong because Greece was such an important Jewish center. I want to continue that great line of Greek Jewish tradition, and I want to modernize it. That's what Rabbi Negrin says. The Romanian." Romaniotes are Greek speaking Jews of ancient Roman citizenship with their own liturgy and cultural traditions. The word Romaniot is a Hellenized Latin term for Greece or Second Rome. 2,300 years of Greek language, culture, and tradition have acted upon this pocket of Jewish heritage to create the Romaniotes' unique history and culture. While it is a traditional custom of Jews to keep the Torah scroll protected, there is a special cylindrical casing that is used by the Romano Jews, and it is an ancient custom that they continue to keep alive today. This casing is called a teak. Antiques range in appearance from simple to plain to ornate and decorative. They look like a large can, if you will. The word teak is a Hebrew word coming from the Greek which means container or box. And among the Romano Jews, tradition dictates that that the most holy Sefer Torah, the law of Moses, be read with the scroll, scroll standing upright in this container, standing upright in its teak. It is considered improper to lay it flat. Some Sephardic communities do not lay the Torah flat, but they do read it on a table, a reading table with a steep angle. And you may have one of those reading tables in your synagogue. Even if it's Ashkenazi, the angled reading table comes from the Sephardic. So that's a little something that we have in common. How about that? So a little bit about the differences between Sephardic and and, uh, Ashkenazi Jews, and uh, a little important because we're going to talk a little bit more about the Greek synagogue in Rhodes, where I will be coming up here in just a couple of weeks. But before we do that, let's listen to um, Authentic Israel Folk Songs and Dances, Eretz HaKarmel. from Israeli folk songs and dances, authentic Israeli folk songs and dances, wonderful CD, right here on the Radio Rabbi program, AM nine thirty. The answer, I am your Radio Rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Ayello. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our so our program topic today, we're talking all about the difference between Sephardic and Ashkenazi Jews. If you just joined us, you can listen on a podcast to find out those some of those specific differences because we just talked about that. And I just go to my. Why the Go to my website, RabbiBarbera.com And uh, I will be in Greece coming up here in a couple of weeks And uh, a special program And I thought I would tell you a little bit about the Jews of Greece Who fall into that Sephardic category And I will be on the Island of Rhodes The Jewish quarter on the Island of Rhodes in Greece is called La Euderia And at one time there were six synagogues and prayer rooms Rooms located on the island. Now, today one remains, and that's where I'll be. And as I said, in just about two weeks' time at the Kahal Shalom Synagogue, the oldest Jewish synagogue in all of Greece and the only remaining synagogue on the island of Rhodes that is used for services. Now, historians believe that Kahal Kadosh Shalom, the Holy Congregation of Peace, was built, get this. In 1577, and to this day, the synagogue is still in use. Special services and special events like the bar and bat mitzvah services that I will have the honor to conduct while I'm there. The Jewish community of Rhodes dates back to ancient times. During the past 500 years, the background of the Jews of Rhodes was influenced principally by the Jews who fled Spain at the time of the Spanish Inquisition. Large numbers of Sephardim traveled across the Mediterranean Sea to the island of Rhodes, as well. As other cities such as Salonika, Istanbul, and Izmir, the descendants of the Jewish people from Spain are known as, you remember, right, Sephardic Jews, because the Hebrew word for Spain is. Sephiroth, Ah, see, you're paying attention. This grand migration of Jewish refugees from the Spanish Inquisition resulted in the Jewish community on the island of Rhodes bringing the Ladino language, Judeo Spanish, to the island for services and for song. So come with me for a moment, at least in our imaginations, as we enter the synagogue, which has been completely restored. I'll open the door. Okay. The interior of the Kahal Shalom Synagogue follows the traditional Sephardic style of having the teva, the prayer reading table, in the center of the sanctuary facing southeast toward Jerusalem. The floor is decorated with graceful black and white mosaic stone patterns, which is a distinctive design motif used throughout the old city of Rhodes. Now, during the 1930s, a balcony was built in the Kahal Shalom Sanctuary for the seating of the women. Prior to that time, the women sat in rooms adjoining the south wall of the synagogue. The women's prayer rooms, known in Ladino as La Azara, viewed the sanctuary through windowed openings adorned by lattice work. while well, today men and women sit together in the courtyard on the east side of the synagogue there is a plaque above where a water fountain once existed and it bears an inscription dated the, the hebrew month of kislev 5338 which was the year 1577. Apparently, this fountain was constructed at the same time as the synagogue, and so historians can accurately date when the synagogue was actually built. Now, on the west side of the synagogue, there was a religious school, a yeshiva. However, it was destroyed during World War II. And an intriguing feature of Kahal Shalom Synagogue is that it is decorated with numerous religious wall paintings and mosaics. Now, during its height in the 1930s, the Jewish community had a population in roads of approximately 4,000 people. Today, sadly, the community is quite small. And it is my hope that our international distance learning bar and bat mitzvah program will reverse that trend, bring new life to this remarkable Greek-Jewish treasure. And we talked about the special case that Sephardic synagogue, Sephardic Torah scrolls are uh, are housed in when the, when placed in the synagogue, the teak. And you can see one of those if you may have the opportunity to visit the synagogue and, uh, and take a look at the Torah as it's read standing up, standing up in Sephardic tradition. So I do encourage all of you who like to travel to add the synagogue of Rhodes to your next Jewish excursion Maybe schedule a bar or bat mitzvah as well, and for men and women, we can celebrate an adult, adult bar or bat mitzvah ceremony or an anniversary of your original ceremony. For young people, your bar or bat mitzvah in Rhodes would bring new life to a tiny, struggling Jewish community. That's what we'll do coming up in mid-August, and I will be sure to tell you all about it. This is your Radio Rabbi program, AM 930, The Answer, and I am your Radio Rabbi. A regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi program is the prayer for healing, the Mishabarach, and the Kabbalists, the Jewish mystics who come from the Mediterranean area, uh, area taught that there's greater strength when we pray together than when we pray alone. And we have... We have continued that beautiful tradition by saying aloud the names of those in need of healing. And today I've been asked to remember for Misha Barak, Gary, Dennis, Nina, Barbara, Victoria, Sandro, Marissa, and Michael. And now say the names of your friends and family members who are ill. Do that right now. Enlarge that spiritual energy as we listen. To the beautiful words of comfort sung by Debbie Friedman of Blessed Memory. The CD is Renewal of Spirit, and the prayer is the you. Misha Barak Prayer for Healing, a regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi program. I am your Radio Rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Ayala, and I thank you so much for joining with us today. And uh, I want to welcome, a hearty welcome to the Sarasota Watch Company, our brand new sponsor here on the Radio Rabbi program. Well. That's the reason we're back on the air, and so you can imagine how grateful I am, and I am delighted to welcome Steve and the entire staff of this wonderful company, the Sarasota Watch Company, as our brand-new sponsor of the Radio Rabbi program. Now, I did have the pleasure of speaking with owner Steve Shimanoff, who opened the world of Sarasota Watch Company to me, and I learned some remarkable things. First, there is nothing like skill dedication and hard work to make a small business grow. We all know that, don't we? And that's just what Steve and his staff have done. They're tapping into three generations of excellence. Steve's family tradition of watchmaking and watch repair serves his customers well and has for so many years. Now, from an impressive array of vintage watches, including a pocket watch, Steve told me, is from the 1800s to state-of-the-art Rolex timepieces. You know, I had a chance to see some of these beautiful timepieces on television here in Italy during the Grand Prix. Right, the Grand Prix in Hungary. And uh, the Rolex is a sponsor of the the race. And of course, Ferrari came in second and third, but it was great to see some of these timepieces and nice to see them sponsoring such a wonderful international event. But Sarasota Watch Company does have what you're looking for when it comes to beauty, to craftsmanship, and style. So I'm going to encourage all of you to stop by the Sarasota Watch Company and see for yourself. You'll see some gorgeous Rolexes, new and pre-owned, along with classic jewelry from diamonds to one-of-a-kind estate pieces, all reasonably priced. Steve says we pay top dollar for jewelry and watches, and our customers tell us, that working with us is hassle-free. How about that? That's so important these days, isn't it? That is the Sarasota Watch Company located on Tamiami Trail, 4180. 4180 Tamiami Trail. Stop by or call Steve at 941-953-1315, 953-1315. And let him know that you're so pleased that he is the sponsor of the radio rabbi program because you know what the time is right pun intended for a pre-owned or new watch or an expert watch repair for a watch that you've had in the family a long time that is precious to you so stop by the sarasota watch company a wonderful family enterprise and the new sponsor of the radio rabbi program Coming up here shortly, as a matter of fact, it's next Sunday, is the brand new Hebrew month of Elul. And in the Hebrew month of Elul, there are no holidays, no memorials, no fast days. And for good reason, this is not just by coincidence, it is for good reason because it is the month to prepare us for Rosh Hashanah and for the High Holy Days, which begin on September 9th. This year, and the the shofar is sounded every day in the month of Elul to remind us to look back on the year that was, and think about those to whom we owe an apology, an explanation, those to whom we ask forgiveness for something that we did that we regret, shouldn't have done, a misplaced comment, a nasty remark. Uh, neglect something that we need to promise to do but neglected to do that's why we sound the shofar and we'll talk about what these different shofar calls mean and we'll hear the shofar because I have a wonderful shofar that's the plural, I have shofar a wonderful shofar collection here in Italy and I'm going to be sounding it for you and uh, one of the prayers during Rosh Hashanah, we'll start playing some of the music that will bring back some happy memories for you for maybe times when you sat in the synagogue with your mom and dad or your Bubby and your Zadie and your grandma and your grandpa and uh, enjoyed the coming of the new year and one of them is by one of our favorite recording artists, Beth Schaefer, and uh, the CD is Lev Belev, and a prayer that we sing during Rosh Hashanah, sometimes even slick hold, the meditation service prior to the new year service Shema Kolenu Let's listen Was the Shema Kolenu sung by one of our favorites, Beth Schaefer, right here on the Radio Rabbi program. Well, I told you I'd like to give you some good news about Israel, and this time it comes from the United Nations. U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, wrote an op-ed on CNN, and she wrote about a miracle that occurred recently at the United Nations. Now, she co-authored this piece with the U.S. Ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, and she wrote about a remarkable event which happened in the U.N., which may signify more hope for a peaceful future for Israel and the Palestinians. Well, what happened? On June 13th, Algeria proposed a resolution blaming Israel for the recent escalations on the on the Gaza border, completely ignoring yet again the violent Gaza border, riots, rockets fired by Gaza terrorists at Israel, incendiary, incendiary kites and balloons sent by those terrorists into Israeli territory, which scorched thousands of acres of nature reserves, forests, and agricultural land. In response, Haley proposed an amendment to the resolution placing some of the blame on Hamas's shoulders. Nothing like this has ever been done before at the United Nations. Hundreds of resolutions passed by the General Assembly dealing with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict have failed even to mention Hamas, is what Haley wrote. What happened next was the beginning of a paradigm shift. Now, though Algeria made a motion to dismiss the U.S. amendment without debate, in the vote that followed, the U.S. Amendment passed with a vote of 78 to 59, calling the vote a miracle by U.N. standards. They noted that for the first time in the United Nations, more nations than not acknowledge that peace between Israel and Palestinian people must be built on a foundation of truth regarding hamas they recognized that reconciliation is impossible if reality is denied for the sake of scoring political points and part of that reality is recognizing the primary responsibility hamas bears and perpetuating the suffering of the people of gaza so we say to nikki haley hazako baruch may you go from strength blessing i promised you a ladino song and a wonderful voice to go with it linda fortuna bendigamos let's listen Voice, right? Linda Fortuna singing the Ladino Melody, Bendigamos. This is the Radio Rabbi program. I'm Radio Rabbi Barbara Ayello. So nice that you could join with me this morning. And we thank Ashley and Brett for dedicating this program to Graham and Poppy on their 70th anniversary. Graham and Poppy would be Claire and David. And we're very, very happy and pleased. And you can do the same thing. Just go to my website, Rabbi Barbara. Click on the Radio Rabbi there and you can make your dedication as well. We're happy to do that for you. The Radio Rabbi program is pluralistic in nature. Well, what do we mean by that? Whether you're Reform or Progressive, Orthodox or Reconstructionist, Conservative, Renewal, Humanistic, Ashkenazic or Sephardic. We talked about that today. Part of the Crypto-Jewish group. That means your family was once conversos or Moranos. Are you a cultural, a secular or even a gastroenter? Jew, you know what, we're all part of the mishpucha, part of a worldwide wonderful Jewish family as we say to you, welcome home this is Rabbi Barbara Ayello, your radio rabbi and we'll see you next week on AM 930 The Answer FM 103.1 and 93.7
2: Shalom Shalom Kavirim Shalom Kavirin. Shalom Kavirim uh-huh. Shalom, chavere.